Welcome to Primordial Path. My name is Casey and I'm your guide on this podcast, which is dedicated to exploring ancient meditation and healing practices. We'll examine them through an accessible modern lens and discover how they can profoundly impact your life, your body, your mind, your soul, your energy. So stay tuned. Here we go. Welcome back. Today we're going to give a breakdown of what the yamas are. Now, on the last episode, we talked about the eight limbs of yoga as a whole and why they're important. But today we're going to focus on the first one, the yamas, which are the social codes or self-restraints to live by. These aren't too huge and something that you can only aspire to do. These are simple and can easily be implemented into your daily lives. To be honest, if you're already listening to this podcast and others like this, chances are you're already doing these things anyway. So let's dive into it. There are five yamas that are outlined in Patanjali's Eight Limbs of Yoga. Number one, ahimsa or nonviolence. This can be taken as broad or as narrow as you like. It can be thought of in the most literal sense of don't physically injure or harm someone or worse, murder them. This isn't to say that if you're in an awful situation where you had to fight someone or fight off someone or fight for your life, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't fight or fight back. It simply means that you must do it for self-preservation and you should try to do it with as little malice or hatred as possible. Because in those situations, you may have no other choice. On the non-physical side, ahimsa also means non-violence in relation to your thoughts, words or intentions. It means speaking kindly to ourselves and to others. There's the old saying, if you can't say something nice, then don't say something at all. This is the same. In speaking to yourself, this is called the chitta in your mind, the conversations you have to yourself or words you say in your mind or out loud about yourself. Especially in the Western world, these might be things like, I'm not good enough, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'll never be happy. Now, these are things that we might be saying to ourselves, which are actually not coming from a place of love. When we also act from a place of good intention, we're acting in accordance with ahimsa. When we come from a place of ill intention or malice, this is acting against ahimsa. Ahimsa means to act from a place of compassion. As we evolve and reach these higher states of meditation and life, we have less of a desire to hurt anyone and become the embodiment of ahimsa. Number two, satya or truth. Now this may sound like a pretty straightforward yama, It literally means that we should be as truthful as possible. Now, I say as possible because this doesn't mean you should be revealing all to everyone all the time. Not all things need to be known, such as if the truth will cause violence, then depending on the situation, then perhaps nothing is said at all. Although lying or untruthfulness tends to come from a place of fear. A small child, for example, will lie about spilling the cup of milk out of fear of the punishment. However, if the parent is coming from a place of compassion and patience with the child, then the child is less likely to lie about it. It's the same with adults. If a safe place with compassionate people has been created, then we're far more likely to open up and share truths than this space of love and compassion was not available to us. Number three, asteya or non-theft. Again, this seems pretty straightforward. We don't steal. Think of it in the broader sense of not stealing a car, robbing a bank, or breaking into someone's house and stealing their belongings. But if we think of this in the narrower sense, it can be perceived as the non-stealing of time. This might be when you go up to the teacher after class and just start talking and talking and talking and talking. This could be the friend that you call all the time to complain about your problems. 
Think about how often this might happen in your day-to-day -day life, generally more often than we think it does. This can also be thought of as the non-stealing of energy. Hands up if you know an energy vampire. You know the ones, the people or places that just drain you. You may not be able to pinpoint exactly what it is that makes this happen, but you certainly feel it. Number four, by Machikiara, self-restraint, especially in relation to sexual control. Now, I know what this sounds like. It doesn't mean you need to don the chastity belt. It simply means to abstain from unnecessary sex. Now, why would that matter for meditation or for yoga in general? If you think of the basic desire of sex, it's the buildup of sexual energy and the subsequent need to release this energy, which in the simplest form, that is what sex achieves. It drains the vital energy from the body. Energy can manifest in different ways and sexual energy is no different. Therefore, if we look at that energy and redirect it within the body, we can enhance and expand our practices. If we can also consider this from a non-sexual manner, we can suggest that we don't want to misuse our precious energy to manipulate ourselves or others. From this perspective, look at how you might be procrastinating or wasting time. Social media scrolling, anyone? Have some self-restraint and try to redirect your energy to benefit yourself rather than drain yourself. And number five, apahigraha, non-attachment. This would have to be a personal favorite. It simply translates to non-coveting. So don't hoard or grasp at things or places, people, time, situations, relationships, anything really. Who has a favorite chair that you always like to sit in? Or a favorite place to put their yoga mat in the room? Yep, we've all been guilty of these attachments. We do these things. We attach because it's easy because it's comfortable, because as humans, we crave routine as that's what makes us feel secure on a very primal level. Look at the unhappiness that has been caused in your life from either not having something or from the thought of losing something. This can result, this can result in a subconscious tension that is constantly there. Yet, when you can let go and begin to trust in the flow and the generous nature of the universe, you will always have enough. Repeat after me. You will always have enough. This in itself leads into having an abundance mindset, which if you follow any sort of manifestation guru, you would have heard of this. Non-attachment people, non-attachment. So they're the five yamas and the overall point of the yamas is to create a more peaceful mind and environment for you to have higher states of consciousness. The more you practice these yamas, the more calm and stable your mind becomes. There's less conflict between your own thoughts and actions. Practice one or more of these for a week and let me know how you go.